Welcome to Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. The following episode clip was hand-selected for you to take in just to get a snapshot of our full discussion. If you like what you heard, you can listen to and download the entire episode by simply clicking the link in the description below. Enjoy. You mentioned the active observation and living in a participatory universe. I actually have two questions. I hope I can hold on to both of them. When we put this within the context of looking glass technology, looking glass technology is used for what? Observation. (laughs) Right. The question I've always asked, or I say always, since I've been somewhat tuned into this idea of looking glass, is whomever is actually doing the observing through the looking glass, are they participating in its outcome? (laughs) Yes, I would say yes, absolutely. I don't know if that was, hopefully that was factored in by people using the technology, but often, okay, let's back up and take a look at um, what we know about remote viewing. I know you're going to talk about that later, but I need to mention it now. Absolutely, go for it. Okay, because when we look at remote viewing and how that came to be and how it's been utilized by some of our government Um, departments and so forth, it was the assumption was that what you're seeing is objective reality, that remote viewers were capable of taking a look anywhere, anytime, and seeing something that therefore would be there. Uh, I don't know that what was also equally considered was the impact of uh, the fact that that kind of observation could be um, calling into being, if you will, Uh, events, both in the future and the past. I'm pretty sure that may not have been considered as fully as those of us tracking the Mandela effect and reality shifts would make sure to be considering it. And it's a difficult thing to track and difficult to measure and make part of a protocol because that's the level of the observer that makes a difference in what is being observed. It's a level of the of the observer that right. makes a difference in what is being observed. So Let here's here, yeah. Oh, go here's, ahead. Here's where my second question. Thanks for reminding me what my second question was. The level of the observer, consciously right. or subconsciously. Good question. Um, it seems like you get different results when you do it different ways, and I've been tracking that as well with my work with reality shifts, which are unconscious subconscious events where it's like whoa something just happened like the mandela effect often seems to be like this is different than i remember and in personal lives that can be true too and then quantum jumps would be a case of i need to be healthy i know that i've got this incurable situation but i need to be healthy so i'm going to bring some energy in know that i can be visualize it and act as if and pretty much make a jump with the benefit of this added energy from, you could think of it as contacting source, God, creator, zero entropy. I'm making this little point to show it's the perennial philosophy of all paths lead back to zero entropy, Mm -hmm. to God, to creator. And that's the key. That's exactly the key that when we look at the levels of self and you look at, this is a very perpendicular line that just goes straight up, straight down. And we ourselves We see it in our own heads, which have neurons, hearts, which have neurons, guts, which have neurons. We have three neuron centers in our body. That should be a huge clue that we're not just with one set. We're not just one brain. We ourselves are learning to think with this, these levels of awareness. And then 
the level of perception that we bring to it starts often as a perception that like a butterfly lands on my hand. And that's a first order perception. And then when I observe, I feel something touch my hand and I'm startled and I look and I say, oh, good, it's a butterfly. But but this is now a second order observational awareness of the original first order perception. It was the philosopher Leibniz that first identified this as being the basis of consciousness. And this is what we're not starting to see some of the artificial intelligence robots are hmm. beginning to develop as well. That's a whole other rabbit hole. This stuff's how, big. You're going yeah. in some big areas here. These, these are big areas. <laughs> are you familiar with a couple of, a, a couple of technologies I want to throw out at you and get your comments on as it relates to looking glass, the Montauk chair, are you familiar with that? This is, a, a, again, another device that is somehow tied in with the ability to transport, teleport an individual into the past, into another timeline out of uh, Montauk, uh, is it New Jersey? Montauk, New Jersey. I've heard of it, this yes. It's a secret program. Can you comment on that at all? Or and Again, I don't have, you know, here, I really don't have any kind of experience, even indirect from people that may have been working with it. Um, but I, it seems legitimate. It seems like enough people have talked about it, and it seems like something, why would they be bringing all this up if it right. wasn't <laughs> true? Lots of references. I'll name one person, Andrew Basciago, who I haven't uh, looked into his work for quite some time. Very controversial gentleman, but he uh, has attested or, to uh, being a part of this program and being in that chair and having traveled to a variety of timelines. Uh, just thought I'd throw that out there because it all it's all related. And these are all just fascinating. And again, I'm speaking a bit out of school, but I, I thought we'd at least have a conversation about it. The other is as it relates, I believe this is part of the whole package of technology, the chronovisor. Right. And that might be something that some people would say are similar to this um, thing that we were talking about originally here today, which is the whole concept of the looking glass. So the chronovisor was some kind of technology that apparently existed that I think was even taken to Rome and the Vatican and people were, I don't know if they had it originally or who came up with this technology, but it was some kind of viewing apparatus, which enabled people to see, uh, you know, look back and see the time of Christ, for example, and be able to witness it like you're watching a TV program, but it's actually looking back through history. And again, I don't know anyone who's actually seen it who can verify that. So I don't have any even indirect proof of this, but I've heard of it. Right. Yes, me too. And and you mentioned the Vatican, and I cannot call the name of the individual who was at the Vatican, I believe, or closely uh, aligned with the Vatican in some capacity who either discovered it or... Right. I, I don't know again, but it, it's just fascinating. We need, we're going to go deeper into this guys. Forgive us for being a bit sketchy on it, but we just figured we'd throw these concepts out. Have you uh, maybe look into it a little bit more. I'm also going to give a shout out I, I, to another channel that you may be familiar with called inspired uh, shout out to John, Jane, John Nolan, I believe that who, and his wife who do a great job. And that's where I, uh, saw a couple of videos, both Cynthia and I, that piqued our interest. So we figured we'd uh, take the conversation a little bit further. But again, folding it into this idea of how the uh, Mandela effect, as it is now called, might be possible. Again, 
you know, my big question as far as looking glass and its legitimacy is, is it bigger than just observing past and future, but rather manipulating it, changing timelines so that something that uh, we all have a collective memory of literally is different because they pulled in another timeline. Right. Well, yes, I'd say this is absolutely happening and there's no way to prevent it um, from the what I understand about reality shifting, Mandela effects, all of that. There's no way to prevent the observer from having that effect. Um, and I think what's interesting, and is it okay to talk about that? You mentioned the channel. Did you want to bring up uh, what you asked me to watch a link today? Yes. Um, Okay. Go for it. We'll even okay. put a link to what she's going to be talking yeah. about. <laughs> okay. So this this is the first time I'd seen this information that you shared with me today, Alexis, about guardians of the looking glass. Mm -hmm. And so I um, this is today is the first day I've really had a chance to explore that at all, and only briefly, right before we talked. But what's so fascinating to me about this whole subject and the way it came up on the Inspired show, where Inspired was talking with. A filmmaker, uh, Frank, was that his name? Frank, yeah, something. We'll get the name <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. And they were discussing. Uh, it's it's very interesting because apparently uh, this group of individuals who had been working with the intelligence community in some um, secret fashion have come together, and they. It sounds like they're risking their lives and to do this. So they take it very seriously, uh, but what they're doing is showing um, the rest of us that they're having some key time points in the years 2012, 2016, and now 2022 to avert some possible scenarios from happening that if not changed, might um, result in a very negative future for us by the year 2030, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these next five years are extremely important. So we're in 2022 and um, it looks like lots of things could go one way or the other. And the, the mission apparently, as I see it from just briefly looking at this whole topic is that this group of individuals who have not named themselves uh, for purposes of retaining anonymity for protection of their safety and well-being what they're basically presenting is that we do collectively have an opportunity to choose timelines and change the future. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that I've been working with, with international Mandela effect conference as well. So to me, it's like, okay, yes, this is doable for sure. Thanks for listening. I invite you to download our entire interview. So don't forget to click the link below to hear the full discussion. Also consider joining us in our member community on Patreon, where you can get exclusive access to the after show as part of this podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.